Hello, friends. Welcome to the Awaken the Extraordinary podcast. If you've ever stopped to look around at your life and thought, this can't be all there is, right? I am right there with you. I don't believe we were put here on earth to struggle. I mean, how can we be the best version of ourselves if we're struggling to simply survive? The answer is we can't. Awaken the Extraordinary is for those who've decided to give the middle finger to living in survival mode and have made a choice to thrive. Awaken the Extraordinary is about taking baby step after baby step to actually live your life, just like Rihanna sang about, instead of simply existing. So if this hits home for you, then I invite you to come along because honestly, I could use the company. And by the way, my name is Christy. I forgot to mention that. So now that the introduction is out of the way, let's get this party started. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Extraordinary. Thanks so much for being here. And we're just going to go ahead and dive in. Um, what I wanted to talk about today is my experience with hypnotherapy. Um, I've mentioned this in previous podcasts. I've done a couple of, um, posts on Instagram about it. And I felt that now was the time to share with you kind of my thoughts going into it and what my experience was during the two sessions that I had. And then how I felt afterwards and how I feel like it helped me. Um, so I have been participating in talk therapy off and on since the age of 16. So a long time, um, going on, you know, almost 30 years, like maybe closer to 25. Um, but talk therapy has really helped me. And last March, as I've shared before, I went out on stress leave and I knew I needed to talk to someone. Um, and also in the state of California to maintain my eligibility for disability benefits, um, I needed to be seeing a licensed therapist that was basically confirming that, yes, I'm having these challenges and I am seeking counseling and thus I was able to retain, you know, my disability benefits for a period of time. So I found someone that was just so awesome and just really made such a difference for me. Um, you know, I mentioned her in, in the sidewalk chalk incident, and I just feel so grateful that I found her, but I also knew that in my experiences with talk therapy, what we were kind of dealing with in my sessions was how to manage the anxiety and kind of getting to why I was feeling the things that I was feeling, which then led me to feeling anxious and kind of struggling to some degree to figure out how to manage the anxiety and everything that came along with it. But in doing that, I knew that there were these deeper reasons um, why I was struggling and they weren't things that we often discussed 
in my hypnotherapy or in my talk therapy sessions. And so as luck or fate would have it, I had begun following a hypnotherapist on Instagram and I don't even know how I found her. Um, I just really liked her content. I liked her approach. She seemed very relatable. And when I first started following her, I never thought that I would actually work with her. I had this preconceived notion that hypnotherapy was like very woo woo. And I just wasn't sure if that was for me, but as I began getting deeper into my talk therapy sessions, I really started to feel this, this pull towards this hypnotherapist and really trying to get to really just like the core, I guess, of what was making me respond to certain things or why I was feeling a certain way about what was happening in a particular situation, because I knew it was about more than just that situation. I know that as humans, so much of our experiences and how our brain wires things together as kids, how that shapes us into the people we become, it kind of tints the lens through which we look at life and it kind of shapes our experience of life based on experiences that we had as children. And, you know, I think any, any sort of big or little, like traumatic experience. Um, and I don't feel hundred percent confident with how I'm articulating that, but that's, that's the best that I can do at this moment. So as I started really contemplating working with her, the pull just kept getting stronger and stronger. And so I was like, okay, I have made so much progress just with talk therapy in terms of learning how to regulate my emotions and kind of examine my challenges with, with managing my anxiety, like examine it from more of a place of curiosity and just like asking why versus like judging myself or trying to avoid the feelings or trying to avoid the situations that I knew would lead me to feeling a certain way. It really got me just looking at things from like an unbiased perspective. And again, just like more of that, like curiosity aspect. And I knew that hypnotherapy would help me understand at a deeper level, why certain things impacted me the way that they did. And if something could help me, like, why wouldn't I try it? And I was thinking too, like, this can't hurt. You know, like if it doesn't work, it doesn't work and I'm no worse off, but if it does help me, then it's worth it. And 
one of my driving factors and I, and I say it all the time is my son and trying to be the best mom to him that I can possibly be. But that requires me to be the best version of myself just for me. And there are so many times when I would just feel so overwhelmed. Like when he was struggling with managing his emotions, because I mean, he's a kid, he's four, um, you know, or even three at the time. I was having to help him regulate his own emotions while that was still, still, still something that I struggled to do for myself. And I'm like, how am I supposed to help my son? Like, how can I remain calm? Like it's eliciting this reaction from me. And I don't know why I just know that when he's upset, it, it makes me feel a certain way. And so I'm having to help him but at the same time, also keep my emotions in tech in check. So I don't lose my shit. And like, I've, I've actually never yelled at my son. Um, I just, I would get to the point of exasperation where I'm like, I just can't fucking do this. And there were a couple of times where I told my husband, I'm like, I'm going for a walk and I would just leave and I would just walk out the door and I would feel better. But then as I would get closer to home, that anxiety would start kicking up again. And so I was just like, I, I need to figure this out. And there were also certain things like there was like a certain tone that when my husband would use it with my son would just make my chest feel really tight. And I didn't know why, like he wasn't yelling at my son. He wasn't speaking unkindly to him, but it was the tone. And it just made me feel really uncomfortable. And so I just figured, why not give this a shot? You know, um, when my son would have his, I just call them meltdowns, um, it was just really challenging for me. And, um, I didn't know how to deal with that. So I reached out to this hypnotherapist and we scheduled an intake session and she had, she and I had like interacted a, a lot on social media previously. So we were already very familiar with each other. Um, and in our initial intake session, it was kind of cool, you know, just like interacting with her, like actually like face-to-face -face, sort of. And we talked about what I wanted to accomplish and, and what managing my anxiety would look like. And that was a really interesting question too, because with that, and even the next session that I did with her on self-worth, um, I could tell her what it wouldn't look like, but I couldn't tell her what being able to manage my anxiety would look like. Like I was like, well, I don't want to feel this and I don't want to feel this and I don't want to feel this. And 
I'm tired of this, but articulating like what I wanted to feel was more difficult. And I think it's because like, I didn't know what I didn't know. So for the majority of my life, I've always been someone who has had challenges managing my anxiety. And so to not have that be so prevalent, I was like, I don't even know what that would look like. All I can say is I don't want to feel this way about this thing. And so I really had to give that some, some thought and, you know, ultimately I, you know, figured out what that looked like for me, because I think, you know, everybody's different anxiety. You know, I know there are all these accounts on, on Instagram and there's all of these articles that say, this is what, this is what anxiety looks like, but you know, there's so many different things and it's like, some of that is applicable to some people and some of it is not. And so I don't want to get into the weeds of like what not being anxious looked like for me, but, you know, a couple of examples were just like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm going to lose my shit. Like every time my son has a meltdown and I, I want to be able to help him in those moments And I want to not be fighting myself and trying to stay calm myself. I just want to be calm so that I can help him be calm. And I want to not worry about work like emails and stuff after the quote unquote office hours are done. Like I want to be able to focus on my family and me and my life outside of the day job. That's, you know, that's what I want. And so I came up with a a list of, I don't know, I want to say maybe 10 things. Um, And then we had our session scheduled for the actual hypnotherapy. And it's so funny because she explained to me what it would be, (laughs) but I still went into the session kind of imagining that episode of friends, you know, here's my friends reference where Chandler wants to stop smoking. And so Rachel gives him a cassette of you know, this anti-smoking hypnosis recording and it was for a woman. So when Chandler's like listening to it as he's going to sleep over time, he starts to um, adopt these feminine mannerisms and just like, one of the things that, that just always stands out for me in that in that episode is when like Joey says something to him and, you know, Chandler's like, well, it's not what you said. It's the way you said it. And I don't know if that's a, like a typically female thing to say, but it did really make me laugh because I'm like, why well, I, I can totally relate to that. But anywho, 
that's what I just thought of, you know, when I thought of hypnosis or those shows that you would see at like the county fairs, you know, where you would have like the guys say, yeah, um, when I scratch my nose, you're going to stand up and pretend like you're doing a strip tease, you know? And so, um, my hypnotherapist was like, you know, you're, it's not about like being un, like unconscious, you know, it's not about like me, like taking control of you. It's basically putting you in a highly suggestive state where you're also able to like tap in to these pieces of your subconscious that your conscious mind is actually not able to access, you know, most of the time. Now, keep in mind, I am not a licensed hypnotherapist. I am sharing my experience and my interpretation of what she said, um, just based on who I am. So, you know, if you wanted a more detailed description of how all of this works. I actually am going to invite her on and, um, you know, she can get into like the more technical aspect of this, but really it's, I mean, like our, our subconscious mind dictates, I think like 90 to 95% of what we actually do every day. And like our conscious mind, like our, our thoughts are repetitive, like it really does not play a huge part in like what we actually do. It's our subconscious and all of the things that are wired together that really dictate our behaviors. So that's why I was like, well, I really want to understand like why I'm doing, I'm doing these things or why I'm responding this way, because I want to not be doing that anymore. And so she explained to me, she's like, you know, have you ever driven somewhere and just not really paid attention? Like you didn't know how you got there. It was just like, you just got there, you know? Um, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, that's, you're in a state of hypnosis. Like, it's just, you just know what you're doing and you don't actively have to pay attention. And the same with like, kind of like the scrolling, on Instagram, like your, your mind goes into this state of hypnosis, or if you're like watching something on TV, or if you're starting to fall asleep and you're in this like weird state with your mind, like what you're hearing, like it actually can affect you. And so all of this was just really interesting to me. And again, I'm not technical or scientific, um, but I will have her on and she will explain it in, you know, a more technical and specific way, but that's what she shared with me. And I was like, okay, so how the session actually started was, you know, she talked me through what the process was going to be. And then I shared with her, I'm like, I'm actually feeling kind of anxious because I'm like, what if I don't go under? Like, what if I'm just one of these people that like, I just, I can't focus on going under hypnosis. Like I just can't do it. And I started to feel really anxious about that. And she's like, sometimes that happens. And if that happens, that's okay. Like, we'll we'll try it again. Or a part of the hypnosis is like, once you were under there, 
so we were focusing on my anxiety and the anxiety is really stemming from traumatic experiences from my childhood. And so she was like, I'm going to ask you to recall like three things from your childhood. And, you know, we're kind of going to visit, revisit that experience as your childhood self, but then kind of go back in some ways as an adult and kind of make sense of what you were feeling at that time and, and realize that like you are no longer in that situation. So a lot of those things that you were feeling at those moments in time, you don't need to keep, like, you don't need to keep feeling those things. And so I was like, well, what if I can't remember like three things? Like, what if I can't pull, like, I was just, I was getting anxious about my hypnotherapy session on anxiety. And she's like, it's fine. Like, I'm confident that you will be able to recall three things, but if not, like, it's okay. We can try it again. So I live on a very noisy street. My husband had taken the dogs and everything. So it could at least be relatively quiet here. And I was just like, wow, I really wish I had just like this soundproof room. So I wasn't worried about any distractions, you know, because people I've said it before feel like they act like our street is a fast and furious raceway. Um, And then I have a neighbor dog that like barks all the time. So I was really trying to focus on the hypnosis aspect of it. And I guess I did go under Um, but it was very weird because it was like, I was still aware of like, what, like if there had been like a big sound or something, like I would have heard it. And my, my perception of hypnosis before was like, you were completely unaware of what was going on around you. And for me, like my experience was, that was not my experience. Like I, I would still hear things in the background, Um, but they weren't incredibly distracting. Um, so once we went under hypnosis, uh, you know, she said, like, I want you to think back to a time in your childhood when, you know, there, there was something really traumatic that happened. And so, um, there were three things, um, And it's so funny. I'm like trying to think back to what they were. Um, Okay. One of them I'm not going to share um, because it's. If people were to listen, certain people were to listen to this. Um. my family could be severely impacted by that. And so that's not something at this moment that I want to put out there. Um, And that's honestly something I really struggle with because that's such a huge part of who I am and what my challenges are and so much of why my relationship with my family is the way that it is. And I really want to be transparent with people. Um, But it doesn't just affect me. And so (sighs) 
I want to be respectful to those people that it could impact. And maybe one day I will share that part of my story because I feel like that's not honoring who I am. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I guess. But two of the things um, that two of the three things that I, I came up with were um, there was a really volatile argument um, between my parents when I was like seven or eight. And I think I shared this in a previous, I know I did um, in a previous podcast episode. And I mean, there was, there was screaming and like hitting walls and slamming things. And I, it went on for two hours and my friend Monica stayed on the phone with me for those, that, that entire time. And, you know, I remember like I was in my room, I had my bunk beds. I had this red Conair phone like attached to the side of my bunk bed. And so, you know, I described the incident in as much detail as I could. And then it was just talking about how I felt. And, you know, I was, I was scared. Um, I was afraid that my dad would do something to my mom. I was afraid that if he did something to my mom, like I would have no one to protect me. So like, what if he was angry and did something to me? My sister was not there. So I was like seven or eight years old and just in this incredibly volatile situation. And I felt like there was no regard given to me, to this child that's like sitting in her room, like scared. I had, I didn't have the ability to go anywhere. I didn't have anybody that I could call to come get me. Um, I felt like I didn't matter. And I felt so alone. And then what I had to do is go back as an adult and just kind of look at myself as that kid and I feel like in some ways just kind of give my, my childhood self a hug, you know, and, and tell her that she's safe. Like she's safe now and she doesn't have to have that fear anymore. She's not in that situation. And I think like, as a child, I probably felt like my parents just didn't love me enough to not act that way around me. And as an adult, I don't feel that that's the case. I just feel like they're very, two very wounded people. Um, that just didn't give a lot of thought to the situation they were putting me in. And then we were kind of done with that particular situation. And then there was something that happened when I was 14 
And as I shared in a previous episode, um, this is the situation where there's a chunk of time that I don't remember. And in this session, I feel like I remembered one little piece that is so foggy. I'm like, I don't know if my mind is just like making that up or if that really happened. And that's just how that memory is because everything else is like crystal clear. I'm thinking that's just how the memory is. Um, And we talked about that situation. We talked about how I felt about it, how I felt in that moment. And that I was again, like I was safe now. And it was weird. Um, just kind of recounting that um, because I didn't, I just didn't realize, I think at, at 14 years old, like the extent, the depth of the emotions that I felt because I was a kid. And I think that's part of like why hypnotherapy, when you're focusing on these childhood events, like they don't even have to be these huge. I think that Gabby Bernstein calls them like big T like big traumatic events. It's the way I feel like our minds wire things together to make sense of them in a way that we can determine what steps we need to take as a seven-year-old, as a 10-year-old, as a 14-year-old, what we have to do to protect ourselves so that we feel safe. And we don't have the level of emotional maturity that hopefully we have when we get older. It's our, it's our minds that aren't even fully developed. It's how they piece everything together again, in a way that makes sense for us so that we can continue to function. And when I think about all the shit that kids go through like what I went through, what I know other people go through, all the shit that we go through as kids and the way our little minds have to put all those pieces together in a way that makes sense for us so that we can, like I said, just continue to function. I have so much compassion and my heart breaks. Because I just don't think kids should have to do that. And so the the last 
situation um, that popped into my mind was something that (laughs) totally caught me off guard. Um, The first two that came to mind, I just knew that those would be the two. Like I just knew um, because they were, they were just so huge for me. But the one thing that I wasn't expecting um, was something that I knew. about someone in my family. And then I was going to get my driver's license. And so this, this person in my family wanted to take me out driving. And, um, this was about a year or so after the one experience that I just won't go into a lot of detail about. Um, but where this person wanted to take me driving was like on these windy country roads that at the time were just kind of out in the boonies. And I remember um, being really afraid that because I knew something about this person, I thought that the reason they wanted to take me driving out this way was because they were going to kill me. Um, and so I remember being so scared that day and I didn't tell anybody because nobody knew, nobody knew what I had seen at that time, except for me and this person. And so there was no one that I could tell, like, yeah, I'm scared that when I go driving with this person, like, I'm not going to come home. And this is someone that by all conventional purposes, like, I should trust with my life. And I thought they were going to take it from me. And so, like, as a 44-year-old woman, 43 at the time, looking back at this 15-year-old kid, and knowing how scared she was to get into this car with this person and go driving because she was so afraid that she wasn't going to come home. I was like, my God, like, No kid deserves to ever feel like that. No kid should. It's not even a matter of deserving. It's no kid should ever feel like that, especially with someone that is supposed to be looking out for them. And so when that situation came up, it really caught me off guard. Um, And Again, it was, you know, revisiting that as an adult and just you're safe. I understand why you felt this way. You don't need to feel this way anymore. You don't, you don't need to keep this experience 
as something that continues to dictate how you respond to things. And so part of the the hypnotherapy session is really just kind of like for, for lack of a better way to explain it, like giving your anxiety, like a face, like imagining what your anxiety looks like the, the cord that attaches that anxiety to you. And then going through an exercise where you cut that cord because the anxiety that developed as a way to protect you is actually no longer protecting you. It's, it's hindering you from being this most expansive, joyful version of yourself. And so you cut that cord so that the anxiety or whatever it is you're feeling with feeling and, and seeking assistance with, um, it goes away. And during that process, I started crying and when I explained why it was because like my anxiety thought it was doing what it needed to do to protect me, to keep me safe. And it served its purpose for a while. But it wasn't helping me anymore. It was just making my life more difficult. But it, there was something about it. It was really sad. Because I felt like. My anxiety at times was the only thing looking out for me. That my anxiety was the only thing that was protecting me when certain people in my life that should have been weren't. And so to lose that part or to just separate myself from that part of me it was really hard and um obviously very emotional and uh kind of wrap up the session with uh, how I'm going to be going forward, like how I'm going to feel. So that's where, um, you know, when you're sharing, this is what I want. This is what my life would look like if anxiety wasn't running the show. 
that's what the, the latter part of the session is. And what was funny is I have weird things happen all the time with my, my network connection and stuff. Um, like when I was talking to, I guess you would call her a psychic about my dogs, um, Snickers and Twinkie that, that moved on, um, a couple of years ago when she started kind of getting ready to share like her download with me, my calls kept failing on my phone and on my computer. The only way that she and I could connect was, um, by me getting my work cell phone. And she's like, yeah, this stuff happens all the time. You know, um, there's just like this, this energy. And I did a Reiki session, um, not too long ago. And we had like the same issue, like as soon as we started, I think, um, the connection just dropped. And then at the end of the hypnotherapy session, when we were starting to wrap things up, um, (laughs) I had my eyes closed and, um, I, it was so quiet. And I was just like, is this a really long pause or what's going on? And for some reason, when I think of that moment in the hypnotherapy session, I feel like Rachel Lee cook in the movie. She's all that where, uh, Freddie Prince jr. Goes in to kiss her and her eyes are closed. And then he like pulls back and her eyes are still closed. And she's like, Zach, Zach, like, that's how I felt. Like That's how I felt. And I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to open my eyes. I was like, Vivian, Vivian, but I was just like, dude, I totally feel like Rachel Lee cooking <laughs> and she's all that. And so then finally, like I opened my eyes and I was like, oh, she's gone. And then we couldn't connect back. So, um, I was like, okay. So then we messaged back and forth and she's like, yeah, I'm really sorry that this happened. Um, you know, like I'm going to finish your recording and then I'll send it to you. So I was just kind of like, I felt like things just stopped very abruptly. Like I wasn't able to just work through the rest of the session. So I just felt kind of weird and my eyes were like super messed up too. Like they were so blurry for like the rest of the day. And after that, I felt just really drained. So I went for a walk. And as I shared in my live from last week, I was just like led to this super grassy area. Well, super grassy. It's just grassy, but like in the middle of this really busy intersection. And I was just led there. And I was like something telling me just like, take off your shoes and just sit here. And then I thought about it later. And I was just like the irony for me to like do a session on anxiety where like traffic and all of that just makes me feel very angsty. I'm like, how interesting is it that I'm led to this place in the middle of this intersection to find like this sense of calm and peace in the midst of all this chaos? What feels like chaos to me? And then I thought about it and I was just like, that's what this whole thing is about. There's just like all this stuff going on 
in my life and in the world, like just, you know, at the time with like COVID being crazy and work being crazy and just kind of the world being what it is. So I need to find a a way to come back to center, to come back to myself and like with connect with who I really am at my core. And I have to be able to do that amidst the chaos because that's just kind of how life is. And so I was just like having like my Keanu moment there. I was like, whoa, this is pretty crazy. And I felt calm. And then the next day, um, my dog who like, I would seriously lose my shit. So my dog Penny is this 65 pound lab. She barks at everything, everything, like every time somebody walks by, like, I cannot wait till we move where people are not like, there's no sidewalks where we're going to move. So I cannot wait, um, until like, we don't have any pedestrian traffic. We rarely have like cars driving by, like, I cannot wait for that day. But she barks at everything. And so I would lose my shit. Like I would be like in my office, in my son's room, and she would be in the front of the house and she would bark and I would come out and I'd be like, Penny, like, stop, Penny, stop. And then I would scream at her. And like, sometimes I would be like, Penny, just shut the fuck up. You're driving me crazy. And I would literally like have to wrestle her off the couch because she's like this freaking strong ass dog. And so the next day she did that. And the, the, the fire that I would feel in my chest when she did that, I didn't feel it. And I was like, this is weird. And so I went out there and I was like, Penny, like, just stop, just stop. And I still had to wrestle her off the couch, but I was calm. And I was like, this is weird. This is weird. And then that night my son needed to take a bath, but he didn't want to take a bath. So we put him in the shower with me and he had a meltdown the entire time. And usually that would have like, I would have had to be fighting to like maintain control of my emotions so that I didn't lose my shit. And again, it's not losing my shit on him. Like I would yell at him, but it's like, I would cry. I would get overwhelmed when he would get overwhelmed. It was like, whatever he was feeling, it instantly, like, like it instantly transferred to me. So when we're in the bath and again, this is the very next day. So like 24, 26 hours after my, like my, um, session, he's losing his shit in the bathtub. And I'm just like, buddy, like, you know, like still like soaping him up and everything. I'm like, buddy, like it's, it's okay. Like we're going to be done in like two minutes. And as I'm doing that, I'm like, holy shit. Like I am not trying to remain calm. I am just calm. And I was like, wow this is crazy. And part of the whole process is, you know, you were given a hypnotherapy um, recording, 
you're supposed to listen to it like every morning for 28 days, really right after you wake up because your brain's in this different state. I think it's in that state for like an hour after you wake up where you're, you're just more suggestible. And so I did that. It wasn't without struggle. Like I would have to go into the other room to listen and I'd be 10 minutes into the recording. And then my dog would amble in and be like, Hey, I know it's five 30, but I need to go outside. So there were some mornings where I had to go out to my car. <sighs> like it would be like 45 degrees and I'd have a blanket wrapped around me and I'd go into my car so I could listen to the recording. But I was like, committed to it, you know? Um, and then I did another session on self-worth, um, which I can maybe do like a bite-sized edition about, but the immediate transformation in some ways was just like mind boggling to me. Um, if someone had told me this, I probably wouldn't have believed it, but because I experienced it myself, I was like, wow, this really, this really works. Um, and I know I had mentioned like the gruff tone that my husband uses with my son and how it would elicit this, this really strong reaction in me. And a few weeks later, we were at a store and there was a couple behind us And the guy's voice was super gruff. And the way he was talking to his girlfriend was so degrading and just so rude, like so disrespectful. Like I grabbed my son and I told my husband, I said, I'm going outside. Like I just, like I had that heat and that tightness in my chest. I was like, I just, I can't deal with this. And so I went outside and I told my husband, I said, it was like, like those old school Rolodexes, like in the eighties, it was like, my mind was flipping through that. And it was like, it was trying to make sense of why this impacted me the way that it did. So it's like, and then it landed on my dad. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not what this is. And so it kept going. And then it landed on my parents, family, friend. So my parents were friends with this couple, um, when I was a kid and they had two kids and the man, the husband was very verbally, emotionally, and physically abusive, um, to the wife and the son, um, the daughter, not as much, but they would frequently get into arguments, um, really him, he would just get pissed off about something. And I remember like the way he would always like talk to her and yell at her, like the wife or how he would yell at his kids. And I was like, that's it. And, you know, he would hit his kids with a belt. Um, he was like smacking his wife in our front yard. And my parents like did fucking nothing about that. They did nothing about the belt thing. And all of that happened in our own home. And I told my husband, I said, I figured it out. I'm like, it's this person. And I said, that's why when you use that tone with Milo, that's why it elicits that reaction from me. And I said, 
I've always thought about the trauma that his kids suffered, but I never thought about the trauma that I experienced just hearing this and being witness to this type of stuff. And I was like, I get it now. And I don't know if I would have had that realization if I didn't have that experience with hypnotherapy. And then something else that I realized a few months later is that I don't fidget anymore. So I used to fidget like all the time, like all the time. Like I would be like, like jiggling my leg all the time. And then I realized one day I went to do it and I was like, why am I doing this? And then I was like, oh my God, I haven't fidgeted for months. And so I told my therapist that, and she's like, that's so interesting. And so like, she got back to me and she's like, yeah, she's like basically hypnotherapy. I think it resets your nervous system. And she's like, so it totally makes sense that you don't fidget anymore. But I I don't think she had heard that before. Um, So I was like, wow. Okay. And, you know, I, I haven't listened to my recording for a while and I want to go back to listening to it. Cause I feel like it kind of gives you a tune up. Um, but I'm definitely able to better manage like the anxiety that I feel about certain things, um, because of that. And I feel like some of those shifts were immediate and I would have never, ever believed it if I just didn't experience it myself. So when people like share certain things with me, I'm like, have you ever considered hypnotherapy? Because it's powerful. And I am so glad, so glad that I did it. And like I said, I did another session on self-worth and the things that came up for me there. Um, two of them totally caught me off guard, but I was like, oh yeah, like I totally see this. Like it, it all makes sense. And I feel like when you understand your why, when you understand why certain things impact you the way that they do, you have a better understanding of just who you are. And then I think too, it also allows you to have more compassion for other people. Because when you see people lashing out, it's really not like if they're lashing out at you, maybe you did do something that like frustrated them or hurt them, but the way that they respond to that, the way that they react isn't really about you. It's about all this stuff that's going on inside them. And I, and I think about that too. Like when I have things happen with my husband, it's like, okay, yes, he could do something that I think would frustrate a lot of women, let's say, you know, but the way I respond to it, that's, that's about me. And I now understand myself better 
So I am trying to be better at communicating things like before I get to like that erupting volcano mode. Um, but you know, I'm human. So it's like, I'm not going to be perfect. Like I'm not going to be like this totally Zen person. Cause I just don't think that's ever going to be who I am, but I have a greater understanding of myself. So I kind of know where like okay, I need to maybe pay a little more attention here or, okay, this is on my radar. Um, let me just be like mindful of that. But I'm also able to look at people and have more compassion. Like I look at my parents and I'm like, so much of what you have done is so not okay. Like it's so far from okay. But I have compassion for you because I, I now know how things affected me as a kid and how that translated into me in adulthood. And so I have compassion for the things that happened for you as a kid that maybe you aren't even aware of in terms of like how it impacted you growing up and how it's impacted you now. So I have compassion for that. It doesn't, again, it doesn't make things okay, but I have compassion for them and it's not a bad thing. Like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't take hurt away. It doesn't take away like the traumatic experiences that I had and the pain that I experienced and even to some degree, the pain I still experience. But if I can have compassion for them, or if I can look at someone else and just go like, dude, you're acting like a total asshole right now. There's a reason for that. Like people just aren't like assholes and dicks and all of these things, like for no reason, like there's, there's a reason. And so I feel like it's, it's made me have more compassion for people as a whole. Like there's still absolutely going to be people I don't like, cause I just don't like them. Just like, there's going to be people that don't like me and that's okay too. But if I can just have compassion for another human being, it's just another human being. Like, how is that a bad thing? And if I have a greater understanding of myself and that helps me become a better version of me, cool. I'm good with that. And it's gotten me again to look at things in my life and, and why I do certain things or why I don't do certain things. It's made me very curious just about me. And because I'm curious about me, I'm more curious about others. And like, that's one of my things, right? It's just like staying curious, like with yourself and other people and not judging, you know, everybody has so many layers and so many pieces to their own individual puzzle. And if you were curious about you and why you do or don't do certain things or you have challenges 
managing your stress and anxiety, or you have just this low level of self-worth, or there's just other stuff that you're trying to work through and you've tried other things, or maybe you haven't tried anything and hypnotherapy sounds kind of interesting to you. I encourage you to give it a try. I'm happy to answer any questions just about my own experience. And like I said, I, I will have my hypnotherapist on, um, I'm committing to that. I'm manifesting that, um, because it just helped me. It helped me so much. And I'm so thankful for her and I'm proud of myself for being open to trying something new that ultimately helped me. And again, if this sounds interesting to you, then check it out. And I, again, I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. And I will definitely let you all know when I have Vivian on. Um, so you can be sure to listen to that episode. And uh, if this was interesting to you, I would love to know. You can send me a DM at Awaken the Extraordinary on Instagram. And if you like this episode, I would love for you to share it with someone or share it on your stories and tag me. And um, yeah, I just so thankful for this experience. And, um, there was a weird pause there because I heard something in the other room and I'm the only one. So (laughs) you're wondering why I sounded like, huh? that's why. Um, but as always friends, thank you so much for being here. I know there are so many different ways that you could be spending your time. And I'm thankful that you are choosing to share some of it with me. And I encourage you to stay kind and compassionate and curious with yourself and with others. And I will talk with you soon.